Gabriel Posen is a singer-songwriter and all-around incredible guitar player. He's been a sought-after touring musician as well as a hired-gun studio musician for years. His most recent album is called Headway, and it came out in March of this year. The album highlights not only his songwriting skills, but also his incredible guitar work. His voice is soulful and blends well with the bluesy rhythm section of his band, and his slide guitar playing is phenomenal. He has a cool and unique guitar tone. I had a chance to speak with him recently about this new album. I hope you dig it. Well, the the new album is called Headway, and uh, it's a sophomore release. It came out March 5th. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the album? Yes. Um, well, it is, like you said, my second record. Um, my first record, you know, was a, like, it, like for anybody, it's kind of a interesting and revealing experience. I mean, my background is that I've been a guitar player for hire my whole life. So I've played mm-hmm. on countless records for other people and in bands that I was in, but my own record for my, you know, <laughs> under my own name was, I remember showing up there and kind of not knowing what the hell I was supposed to be doing just because it was so overwhelming. <laughs> right. But this, but this time I had just a lot more experience under my belt, uh, as an artist specifically, mm-hmm. I knew what I was going into. I had a lot more time to prepare material and to write songs. I had a lot more songs to choose from. Yeah. Uh, and the, the lyrical, I mean, the theme headway refers to a lot of things, but that is definitely one of them. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, progressing, naturally evolving as an artist, as a person, um, and with the music I'm making and recording. Right. So before you did your, your first album, were you um, like a like studio musician or you were touring with bands, um, doing kind of a mix of the two? Exactly. I was, yeah, since I was about, basically since I finished high school, I was, yeah, hey, can you play this gig? Yep. Can you go on tour with this artist? Hey, yeah, can you play on this record? Can you do this TV thing? Can you do this pit gig for this musical? Can you do this? So I did a lot of that, and then it, it turned into touring for a bunch of bigger off-country Canadian acts mm-hmm. here up in Canada. Uh, and then I, w- I was playing guitar for a band called the Brothers Landreth for about five years, and we toured very heavily. I mean, I, I, it, that's still technically just like an artist gig. Mm-hmm. It's my it's like my dear friends, but it's it's, it's there we go. So. Yeah, as a guitar player, hired gun, that's what I was doing. And starting my own thing was in some ways familiar, because I guess that's kind of how I got my start just as a working musician, is I'd book my own gigs. Mm. So it was familiar, but it was also very new and uh, exciting and in some ways terrifying. <laughs> right. Right. Well, the, uh, the the people who are playing on the album are all sound uh, really, really tight, and it, it has a really good sound to it. Who, who all is playing on the album with you? Well, the, ma- the core folks, the rhythm section is Julian Bradford, who's my bass player. Mm. He comes on the road with me, and, and he played on my last... I guess I have a... This, in some ways, it's my third record. I did a record called Familiar Ground, which was like a live mu- music sorry, like a live concert video, mm-hmm. essentially, playing the songs from my first record live in the studio that we recorded in with an audience. Right. So he plays on that. 
Okay. So yeah, and then I I had JJ Johnson play drums, and he's one of my favorite drummers. He's from Austin, Texas, and he's been playing. He recently just left, but he was in, playing with Tedeschi Trucks for okay. the last ten years or so. He used to play with John Mayer, Doyle Bramhall, Second, Oz Gags. Heavy, heavy resume. One of my faves. Yeah. Fortunate to uh, call him a friend, and fortunate to have him be a part of the album because he brought so much. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, some other uh, folks. Uh, Kevin Gastongay from Minneapolis played some B3. Bart McKay played some B3. Alex Campbell from Winnipeg played some Whirly. Mm-hmm. And Paul Yee, the same, also the guy that engineered the record, did all the percussion. Gotcha. Was it recorded um, up in Canada? It was, yeah. Gotcha. In Winnipeg, same studio. I did the first record. And same studio that we did Familiar Ground in. It's kind of like my home base studio, if you will. Right. Just like I got my team there. I got my people. I got the spot. And in fact, my parents are musicians. They they cut all their records there, too, back in the 90s. So I huh. grew up there, basically. It really feels like home base. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I feel like your, your guitar tone is very unique and, and, um, it, I, I really like it. And I was wondering, um, what your setup is like and, and how you get that, um, that tone. There's a lot that kind of goes into it. Uh, a big part of the, the sounds are, I just mess with a lot of different tunings. So like for tuning lower and a mix of, standard tuning and open tuning and what that gives you are just different sounding chords and colors and i I, they almost feel like two different instruments to me i kind of play differently in either tuning which is very refreshing to myself and helps keep things and ideas fresh by doing it that way i find i don't get stuck in a rut because like if i do get stuck in a rut i just switch and then gives me an idea then i go back to whatever i was doing so it's a mixture of that there's a lot of attention to detail with the sounds in terms of, you know, reverbs and drives and, and there's a lot of fuzz sounds on there. So I had about five or six different fuzz pedals that I would work in to taste and uh, try to use somewhat respectfully where it's, where it's a lot, but not too much and just like make moments out of it. It's all about moments. And, uh, I just wanted to make sure that everything had impact rather than just a very dense plate of everything all at once. I, I really like to put together from a produ- production point of view, kind of serve everything in a way where you really don't miss anything. It's there for you to hear. And yeah, you'll notice little other treats or nuggets if you want to call it. But the main things that I want people to hear, I'm going to make sure that those are kind of front and center and those are provided, yeah, with just different different fuzz sounds, reverbs, delays, a lot of like slap delay stuff to make sound kind of sound more three D, and like tremolo does that as well. Right. Yeah, handful of stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I noticed the uh, the, the fuzz tones, and I, I really like that. Um, it, you hear a lot of distortion, but um, uh, not a lot on the uh, on the fuzz end of things nowadays. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, right on. I'm glad you dig it. That's good. So the first track on the album is called Heart by Heart, and uh, it's a great opener to the album. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that song and maybe where it came from. 
Yeah. Um, well, that song started with uh, the main guitar riff that you hear when you start the song. Just that. And I was sitting on that for a while. I, I stumbled upon that groove and it felt really good. And I even have the work tape of me messing around with it. And I just remember this is kind of a common occurrence for songwriting for me is I might just sing something that I don't know what it means, <laughs> but it just kind of comes out of me and it feels like there's something there and I'll just kind of chase it. And there oftentimes I'll change it because it really doesn't make sense. But in this case, I just sang, I hate to see you cry. You're burning. And I thought it felt good to sing. And it obviously set up this theme of, someone in dismay of some kind and uh, maybe a hopeful chance that the person who's saying that could be helpful in a way. So I, I tried writing around that um, with my co-producer, my friend Murray, who we do a lot of co-writing with. And we got about as far as the first verse. And then we got to the chorus of when you find me, baby, you can keep me in the dark. When you find me, didn't have anything else. Actually, was really stumped on it. And oftentimes, if, you, if I get stumped on a song, I, I tend to leave it. I, I really, really try to finish what I start. I feel like that's a good songwriting habit. Because it's just like working out at the gym. If you, don't, if you stop doing it, you kind of get weak at it, and you have to build up your strength again. Uh, and I... I was really stuck on this song, but I felt like there was something there. I really felt like it had potential just based on the groove. I liked the theme of the lyrics that I had so far. So I brought in two other friends of mine who I call the Jasons, Jason Gant, Jason Nix. Jason Gant actually mixed my first record. And these are guys that I, I do a lot of writing with. I love, I love co-writing. I think it's such a great thing to, to bring an idea and have other people say, Hey, that's awesome. Um, how about running this way with it too? And I'm like, Oh yeah, great idea. Anyways, brought it to them and they, they loved it. And we finished the song and the idea was this, you know, you don't have to show me who you are. till I know your heart by heart, which was very interesting. And you know, there's, there's, I feel like this, the term heart to heart or heart of hearts or heart of, there's that Don Williams song, Heart of Hearts, and there's a couple of, there's a TV show or something, Heart Heart to Heart, and there's all these ways of talking about using heart twice in a title. But the idea of knowing someone's heart by memorization and saying it that way, I feel like I hadn't heard that before, so I thought that was really interesting to use. And and, and that was kind of the theme. So the whole song is very much uh, you know talking to someone in a relationship it's obviously i'd say baby in it so it, it, it is a it's like a partner but it could even be a friend a friendship just saying that someone who's struggling you want them to open up to you but at the same time you don't want to put stress or pressure on them you just want to ensure them like hey i'm here i'm here for you i want to be there for you love you but like don't worry, I don't expect anything from you until I really fully understand you. And then that, that and then, and until you feel like I understand you and then you can open up to me whenever you feel comfortable. And that's kind of what it's talking about.
That's great. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting little twist um, uh, on on that phrase. I mean, it's not a phrase I've heard before, but it, yeah, it's an interesting twist on um, on on how we use that word heart. You know, that's that's just pretty unique. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. So, is that your normal um, writing process? Do you normally um, meet with other people and throw around ideas, or do you do a lot of stuff where you're kind of the singer songwriter thing, where you write a whole thing and then bring the idea to people? Um, what's what's your process look like for writing usually? Um, I. I like writing just on my own. I, I do that, but I, I really do like co-writing too. I do a, a pretty good uh, mix of both. In fact, I've been doing a lot more co-writing lately in this past year just because, you know, everyone's available and why not? However, for co-writing, yeah, I, I, I can't just call up someone, even if it's someone I regularly write with, and say, hey, let's write a song, and they go, yeah, I got this cool riff and a lyric. Want to start with that? I'll go, yeah, sounds good. But 100%, there's, I'm probably not going to want to use it for myself. I'm happy to write songs for someone else or if someone else wants to use it. I do that a lot. But for my music, for me, I, it needs to be an idea that I have, uh, like a lyric and a melody. I need to bring it to the table for it to be genuine and honest. Like I have to be into it and it kind of has to be my idea. I'm not as interested kind of taking someone else's thing and using it for myself. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. If you're going to, uh, especially if you're going to um, record it and then play it in front of other people, you're going to want to have it really resonate deep within you. If you want to, you know, uh, present that to other people, I get that. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be genuine. And the most genuine thing is, is your own ideas and your own songs. I just, I just love sometimes two brains are not even that they're better than one. It's just more interesting mm-hmm. to go, you know, I, and I, I, I get self-conscious a lot and I, 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 I'm my own, own worst critic. Often I think I like just writing with people cause I'll just go, well, I got this idea and I, I think it's kind of dumb and then I'll play it and they go, Oh, that's great. Let's, let's do that. And I go, Oh, really? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. And then it's like, I almost just need that reassurance that my ideas aren't crap. That's really why I like writing with people. Right. A little validation that never hurts. So the, um, the song, nobody else is, is another standout to me on the album. And, uh, I'd I'd like to hear the story about that song as well. Sure. Um, another song that started with a musical, uh, started with that guitar riff right off the top. I, I I will say most song ideas are either a musical idea like that, like that nobody else riff, or it'll be the heart by heart. I hate to see you cry. You know, there's a song on the record also, Now I See, where I just picked up a guitar and I, and I just started singing, Now I see it's all left behind me. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, and it just kind of, sometimes like I just have a lyric to start with. I'm not, necessarily the type of person to just have a journal with me and like start jotting down lyrics without an instrument. Like it's definitely music first. That is what speaks to me. And that's okay. There's no right or wrong. Uh, nobody else came, started with that guitar riff. And I originally, it was funny. I, I wrote this one as well with, with Murray and we kind of got, we we somehow, you know, not somehow, we, we somewhat got a verse down and 
you know, we kind of, we didn't really finish anything. We got a verse and a pre-chorus and it was obviously a relationship song. It, it, I was, it was like, there was this yearning and it was like a kind of looking back on how you could have done things better and how you kind of had a perception of a relationship where, you know, I thought it was enough. We had a good love, thought we could rise above those kind of things. Um, and there's a lot of looking back with, uh, and I know I jumped the gun. Um, I skipped out on the things that we should have done. And, uh, and, the, and, and there's another pre-chorus where it's like, and now the damage can't be undone, like staring at, like staring at the sun, but stuff like that. But we still didn't really have a chorus yet. And I remember we got a verse, chorus, verse, chorus written. And then I said, Hey man, I'm just gonna, I'll do a work tape. Like I'll just record it on my phone, send it to you and we can finish the song. And I, I'm doing the demo. I do the verse first, second verse, verse, verse second verse, second pre-chorus. And then I just started singing. I played it with the, with my guitar at the same time, but I just played and I don't want to find nobody else. And I don't want to lie to myself. Just kind of, it just came out of me spur to spur of the moment. And it, and it, I was playing it with like the slide at the same time. So it came from like a guitar thing, but it had these lyrics attached to me. And the idea of, I don't want to find nobody else. I don't want to lie to myself. is like really what the song is about is just being hung up on someone and not being able to move past them. And like, as for some, as it might be easy to move on and find someone else, is this person singing? It's almost like they're, they're, it's not even that they can't, they're almost just too lazy. They'd rather sit, stay and feel miserable <laughs> and, and hang on to that person. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I was, I was listening to it and uh, thinking about the, the, those ideas, how they, they can work in different formats. Um, it, it could be like a, a family relationship that isn't working. It's become toxic for one reason or another, you know, and, and it kind of, lingers like an idea like that you know i think that's a that's a cool thing 100 percent, and I, I love hearing that i love how different people interpret those songs and that's that's why people write songs i think it's, it's to you know write something that you feel about strongly whether it's personal whether it happened to you or someone else it's autobiographical or not and then have people tell you how they perceive it and how it made them feel whether it's the same whether it's not, it's amazing how a song can connect to people even without the like the same direct message, so to speak. Right, right. I love that. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I like it. Well, this year has been, um, it, last year was super weird, and this year is starting off kind of strange, but opening up and, and uh, starting to feel a little better. Um, what, is the, what does the rest of 2021 look like for you? Do you think you'll be able to um, start playing some shows and um, presenting these songs to people? Um, what do you think that's going to look like? Um, I'm, I'm staying cautiously optimistic. I, I have a bunch of stuff on the books that... You know, I have a bunch of things to say, yeah, you're playing here on this date, here on this date. Yeah. But I just keep looking at the situation of like, you know, in Canada, at least it's like the vaccine rollout is really slow. I just don't see how we can be back to it normally so fast. I think 
doing it how we were doing it in that regular capacity is going to take a really long time. And I kind of am not fully interested in doing it uh, until it's how it was for a lot of reasons. Just like, I don't want people to feel weird and scared or anything. I think that's inevitable. People are going to have really mixed emotions about going back to seeing shows, but ah, it's just tough. And it's like making it worth it financially to go out and, and do it. If, if places are only half capacity or stuff like that, it, it gets to a point where a venue, a promoter and the artist or the band, they, they, just, they just can't make it work because of those kind of things. So again, trying to stay cautiously optimistic. I am doing a live stream, like album release show on March 25th, which you can buy at my website, com. But you know, that's, that's not a concert. And I say it's not a concert because we're playing in a real music venue with lights and sound and everything. But like to us, there's no one in the room applauding or reacting. It's, it's, it's just, it's just different. And yeah, we'll play our heart out. We're going to play all these new songs from the record and other songs and, you can watch it on your computer, but nothing quite like live music. And I think a lot of people are going to come back to live music, specifically the performers, like the artists and bands with a different perception. I think a lot of people will take this weird time as like a, Hey, I actually like being home more and doing stuff just from home more than I liked actually traveling. I'm going to kind of shift my trajectory of my work. You know, I, I can see a lot of people pivoting as we've all had to pivot with the start of this. I think there's going to be another pivot for a lot of people rather than just going back to regular programming. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, it, yeah, it, 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 it's like a big reset, you know, and, and when we get the vaccines out eventually, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see w what stays from this time period and, and what doesn't stay. It's, it'll, I, I, I have no predictions. It's, it's kind of bizarre to be honest. I don't think, yeah, I don't think we're, we're supposed to have correct predictions because it's such an unprecedented time. How each, I feel like each week is like a, couldn't have expected this or here we go with this. I guess this is how it is now. Or, it's just bizarre. I do know for a fact, and I, I will say that, you know, a couple of years from now, we will, things will go back to normal. Uh, we will look back on this time and be like, hey, we made it through. Sure was weird. But I think we'll also appreciate, at least I hope we'll appreciate going back to normal. Uh, at least the people that lived through this pandemic will always kind of have a different perspective and like cherish those kind of things, like even going to a movie the way it was, or uh, going to the theater, going to a casino. I'm sure casinos are open, open in some places, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool, man. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. I really uh, I really appreciate you chatting with me today, and the, the album sounds great. Thanks so much, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Pleasure. Is there any, any final things you wanted to share before we go? Um... I mean, if, uh, if you've listened to this entire podcast, check out the album. I'd love for you to listen to it. You can hear it everywhere that music is available. You can buy a record or a CD off my website, ariopose.com, buy tickets to the live show March 25th. And uh, it's all good. We'll make it through. Oh,